Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We'll drive down Richmond Highway with the czar Gary Hess at 1245. Catch up with him and see what the high school game of the week is. That's at 1245. The Richmond Commander every day at 1 p.m. taking your phone calls. How can the Commanders bounce back and perform well for four quarters? That's what it's going to take to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday. Kyle Roenick will join the program at 145 to talk a little Commanders. Then we'll chat with MP on the mic, Michael Phillips, at 2.30 as each of us cancel an NFL team each week. But right now it's time for the Commanders Corner. And look, we don't need to break down the game. A lot of things went wrong, all right? The Bills scored 37 points. The Commanders scored three. But the biggest takeaway is Washington absolutely needs to run the ball more. They need to run the ball more. Brian Robinson is six foot two, 240 pounds, and he is first in the NFL with 16 rushes for a first down. And yet, he only has 47, 48 carries through the first three weeks. That is not enough. They need to force feed him the rock, and that is how they defeated the Philadelphia Eagles last year. I get Eric Bieniemy's plan is to pass early to set up the run in the second half, and that would be successful if this team had everything going for them. Well, they don't. They have a young quarterback who's taken too many sacks. They have an offensive line that has a ton of uh, not good enough NFL players. I mean, my goodness, how many times can we watch Andrew Wiley get burnt and say, oh, yeah, this guy's good enough to be our starting right tackle? He's just not good enough. And so they've got this makeshift offensive line and a young quarterback that's taking sacks. And how do you help them out? You run the dang football. And so I'm not really calling out Eric Bieniemy here. I don't think it's his fault because I think part of it is on Sam Howell. He's got to understand that when the linebackers are dropping back and he threw that interception to a linebacker dropping back, that you need to audible to a run. And that sometimes, you know, he should take off and run or throw the damn ball away. I mean, my good, it's like they don't teach young quarterbacks to throw the ball away anymore. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Last year, we were talking about how Kenny Pickett, I think he led the league in, in throwing the ball away in college. And I thought that was cool because that's something that you don't see anymore in the NFL. Throw the ball away. And then it's second and 10 instead of second and 16 and second and 19. And that's my biggest takeaway from the loss against Buffalo. And with all that being said, I honestly think when it was 16 to nothing in the start of the fourth quarter that we had a chance to win that game if we had done all the things right. We didn't do that. So it's a rivalry week this Sunday, and we try to get back on the winning path here. Let's go through the rivalries inside the bit, the division here on the commander's corner. To me, obviously, Dallas is number one. That's the clear choice. Christopher, let me hear that commander's corner music here to get me fired up. Uh, but Dallas is obviously the team that we hate the most, right? I mean, Washington hates Dallas. Cowboys hate Redskins. It's a rivalry as clear as can be. It's America's rivalry, if you ask me. For years, these two teams battled and battled to the death. And the winner would sometimes represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Now, both teams have struggled. And I think the rivalry's lost a little bit of gas, all right? I still hate Dallas, but they don't scare me as much. I think they're a bunch of overpaid and overrated players. And you know what? They haven't won a game that matters in years, if not decades. Next up for me, team that I hate the most in the division, it has to be the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I hate the Eagles. I hate Philadelphia. I hate Philly fans. I think Philly fans are the worst people on the planet. Eagles fans are the scum of the earth. They're the type of people that will text you good game after a loss. 
They'll type of people that will laugh at you while you're crying. And I always tell this story, but for my new listeners, and Christopher, you're new on this show here, the first male buttocks that I ever saw was after an Eagles game at FedEx Field. The Eagles defeated the, the Washington Redskins. I was a season ticket holder with my dad. I'm probably eight years old at the time. And we got mooned by Eagles fans. Out the window of a moving bus, it was like a movie. They all pulled their pants down and screamed, Redskins suck, and it frightened me. And it has always stuck with me. The first freaking male buttocks knew that I ever saw was freaking Eagles fans celebrating a win. Then you had the Monday Night Massacre. I wanted to tell this story the other week when Virginia Tech had the six-hour delay because it reminded me of that game. I was there, and I was soaked in a T-shirt because I was all in on a Donovan McNabb revenge game. McNabb had just come over to Washington, had just signed a major contract. He was going to be the guy here. I made a t-shirt where I drew his face on the front and on the back. I wrote McNasty instead of McNabb with his number. And I decided I was going to go to that game in a t-shirt. I didn't look at the weather report. It rained so hard. It was so cold and so wet. I was soaking. I was disgusted. I was depressed. And I probably lost five years of my life that night just getting soaking wet in rain as the commanders got destroyed by the Eagles. Then I would put the Giants after that. But the Giants, they're just a dud. Yes, here's the thing about the Giants. They're probably the most successful team in the division in my lifetime, right? Two Super Bowls with Eli Manning. But a bunch of bad seasons in there. A bunch of seasons where you felt like the Giants just were not a good organization. Even the two years they won the Super Bowl, they struggled those years. You know, we tied them last year. That's kind of basically how I feel about the Giants. They're a team that we tie. You know, it's not like we beat them. It's not like they really beat us much. We're on the same level as the Giants in my lifetime. I don't like New York, but I don't mind them. Whatever I say is just, hey, we got to win the game. Uh, Our friends at Rigo's Rag came up with their four Bold changes the commanders must consider in week four against the Philadelphia Eagles if they're going to get the win. Number one, they say the commanders must simplify the offensive playbook. Sam Howell isn't going to get anywhere playing hero ball at the link. The commanders need to take care of the football, take what the defense gives them, and hope the offensive line can withstand the obvious pressure from Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, and first-round selection Jalen Corder. Look, I, I agree. I I agree. The offensive playbook must be simpler. But I also think that's on Sam's decision-making, right? Sam has to understand that not every play can be a deep shot. Not every play play can be a home run ball. I told you guys after I watched the film against Denver, yes, he looked great. Yes, I gave him an A-minus for the game. But I noticed three different plays in which his eyes were focused downfield, and he had an open Antonio Gibson, an open Logan Thomas, an open... Uh, Jahan Dotson and he didn't take the little dump offs because his eyes were downfield in fact what happened was he would hold on to the ball and then take a sack or hold on to the ball and then run for two yards well I mean that really destroyed us against the Bills his decision making was awful but here's what I will say if you're going to make a bunch of mistakes let's make them all in one game all right hopefully he got that out of his system number two they say the commanders need to give Brian Robinson Jr. 30 touches Robinson gained 70 rushing yards from 10 carries against a stout Bills defense. This represents more outstanding output from a player who looks every bit 
the lead backfield presence Washington hoped for when they selected him in the third round of the 2022 NFL Draft. I think that's perfect. Brian Robinson Jr. needs to touch the ball 30 times if we're going to beat the Eagles. You can't do the exact same thing that you did last year to knock off an 11-0 Eagles team where you ran for, I think, 180 yards as a team. I mean, they had like 46 run attempts there. You're not going to be able to do that much because the Eagles did improve their defensive line. All right. Even right after that game, I think they signed Indomitian Sue and then went on to obviously get to the Super Bowl. They were able to fix their defensive line, but you still need to give him a shot. All right. And some of the times that we need to run the ball needs to be in passing down situations. All right. On a second and 10 with a young quarterback here. A first and 10, I get it. You want to take your shot downfield. If that's incomplete, I know the enemy's thinking, we got to get ahead of the stakes here. Second and 10, let's throw it for six yards and make it third and manageable. That might be an opportunity to run the ball against this Eagles team here because if Brian Robinson Jr. is actually getting four and a half to five yards a carry, then that will set up third and manageable situations. The third thing from Rigo's rag here on four things the commanders must do, must consider if they're going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend it is the commanders should adopt man coverage on the Eagles wide receiver duo. Now, I will tell you this. I haven't gotten to uh, the film from this week against the Bills. I'm not sure if I want to watch the film from that 34-point butt whooping uh, that we faced. But here's what I will say is I'm tired of watching this defense here give up yards against the rush. All right, That is when they're supposed to be the best defense in the NFL. Right? You, I mean, you had Jonathan Allen tell, tell the junkies, we're not going to really blitz much because we have four first-round picks on the defensive line. Well, it didn't look like that against the Bills. You know why? Because they had no pass rush. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure the word that I would use for this. Now, I, I don't think integrity is the right word, but they had no pass rush where they were coming together as a unit. They, you know, it would be three guys and then a hole where the fourth guy did his own thing. And, and Josh Allen destroyed them. And he did the same thing two years ago, where if you rush four and your gap lanes are not perfect, he will just he will just eat you to pieces. He will eat you to pieces here and just run all over you. And that's what he did against the commanders, especially on third down. The fourth thing they say the commanders should do, bench Cody Barton. They say do not let the tackle stats fool you. Cody Barton is rapidly becoming a weak link on the commander's defense. I will say I did notice that in the running game. I did notice that in the running game from the Bills. It, it's almost like he's too slow to, to find out which gap he needs to cover. And it, it, I think Jamin Davis is better than him. And I think maybe Kaliki Hudson uh, should be able to get an opportunity there. Because it's just crazy because you're seeing... Cole Holcomb shine for the Steelers, and everyone's like, why did we let him go? Oh, because we liked Cody Barton. I don't know that I really like what I've seen from Cody Barton in the first three weeks of the NFL season. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. we got a lot still to come on the show today. Of course, Thursdays at 2.45, AWOD Certified Game of the Week, guaranteeing that football fans around the country will enjoy this game. Give that out at 2.45. We'll go around the NFL and pick some winners with Nick Ashew from BetMGM tonight at 1.30. NFL hits when we return, previewing all the games this Sunday and tonight's Thursday night football matchup on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. 
Happy Thursday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for high school football. Every high school football game of the week can be heard now on 910 The Fan. And joining me right now for a special segment on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is the czar and the voice of high school football here in Richmond, Virginia, Gary Hess. What's going on, Gary? What's happening, man? How are you doing, bro? I'm doing good. It's kind of funny. I'm kind of like literally not on the actual Richmond Highway, but I am wheeling around the highways of uh, of the capital city today in the metro area, meeting with coaches for tomorrow night and delivering some player of the game plaques brought to you by Bunky Trinity Trophy. So I am making the rounds and happy to uh, chat with you a little bit. I love that. So let's get in the car and drive. Time for a drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess, sports director and the voice of high school football in Richmond, Virginia. I understand there's traffic. You need to plan for that. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. So I am excited to announce that Thursday high school walkthrough will begin tonight with the season premiere right here on 910 The Fan with Gary Hess at 6 p.m. Tell me a little bit about this. So basically, it's a it's a preview of the weekend. Uh, Coach Chris and myself and uh, Steve Adams, who's doing some reporter work for us this year, the three of us, uh, we did this show in 2019, and it was one of the casualties of the pandemic, and we've brought it back this year. It's 6 to 7. We preview. We talk to coaches. We talk to newsmakers. We talk about everything going on in the high school football world, and we'll obviously do a preview of our game of the week uh, as well. So that's 6 to 7 tonight. Our guests this evening are going to be the coach of uh, 5-0, and Douglas Freeman, George Bland, and uh, one of the great stories of the year so far, the first-year coach at Meadowbrook, Billy Rudd. Uh, we've talked about them before. One win in four years, and in his first year, he's got the Monarchs off to a three-and-two start. So those are the two coaches we'll have on, and uh, we're excited about it. Six to seven this evening. That's going to be a ton of fun right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So, Gary, I'm trying to catch up on all the high school football action that I missed. How bad is Ethan Minter's injury? It's season-ending. It was a knee injury. He's had surgery. He is out for the year. Um, the next time you'll see him on the field is uh, uh, in the orange and blue in Charlottesville. So, yeah, it's a big loss for Thomas Dale. And uh, we've got Thomas Dale coming up tomorrow night uh, against Dimwitty in a battle of teams ranked in the top five in our CBS 6, 9, 10, the Fan Coaches Bowl. And, uh, you know, I, I will tell you it's very interesting. You know, there's no replacing Ethan Minter, but Ethan Medley, the backup quarterback, last week, threw for 301 yards and four touchdowns and a 41-14 win over Prince George. So my guess is Thomas Dale is going to be all right. Love to hear that, man. Uh, and hopefully Ethan Mentor can make a speedy recovery. I am. I haven't locked it in yet, uh, but I am hoping um, uh, the coach at Thomas Dale is working to set it up uh, that we, I am going to come back down here to, to Chester. I'm sitting in the parking lot of Thomas Dale right now uh, <laughs> to talk, and I'm going to have a sit-down with Ethan next week that will run at halftime of our game next Friday night. 
Oh, we love that. And every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And we team up with our friends at CBS 6 for the 910 The Fan CBS 6 uh, coaches poll, high school football coaches poll, the top 10. Do you have that in front of you right now, Gary? Any notable changes to the top 10? You know, the, the same 10 teams are ranked. There was a little bit of shuffling at the very top between teams 2, 3, and 4. This week, Dinwiddie is two, Manchester three, Thomasdale four, but they're all very close. That seems to shuffle a little bit every week. And then a little shuffling at the bottom between Hopewell lost to Dinwiddie and dropped from number nine to number 10. Elsie Bird moved up a spot from from uh, uh, 10 to nine. But other than that, it's pretty much uh, the same this week for the CBS 6, 9, 10, the fan coaches poll. All right, so you mentioned the game of the week that you'll be broadcasting is Thomas Dale at Dinwiddie. Give us a preview for that, and what other good games are there to watch this weekend? You know, Thomas Dale and Dinwiddie is a, is a district battle. They play every year. It's always uh, hype. Too. Both teams are always are typically very, very good. So there'll be a big crowd down at Dinwiddie Friday night. This is an anticipated game. Our first chance this year to see Harry Dalton, the incredible quarterback of the Dinwiddie Generals, and uh, you know, and to see you know two really good teams going at it, and you know, kind of sharpening the sword as you start pointing to the playoffs. I can't believe that we're talking about the fact that you know teams are heading into the second half of the season already. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great battle. We did the game last year when both teams were 9-0, and uh, we're excited to have that game uh, on Friday night. But, uh, they, you know, this is the time of year where there's several games that are worth looking at every week. So we're going to be keeping an eye on everything going on. But clearly the game of the week is the game at Dinwiddie, and that's where we'll be. Driving down Richmond Highway with the czar, Gary Hess, usually joins us every Wednesday at 2.15. Uh, run around high school football here in Richmond, Virginia. And I'd love to ask you, who would you want to spotlight this week, Gary? Well, i tell you, a couple of people I do want to spotlight. First of all, you know, because Harry Dalton never ceases to amaze, I did want to mention that they played Hopewell, a team in the top ten last week, and Harry Dalton scored six touchdowns, a six-pack. One in the <laughs> air, five on the ground. So, you know, he never ceased to amaze. But the quarterback at St. Christopher's, Khalil Nash, threw two touchdowns, ran for two more. But St. Christopher's dropped its first game of the year, losing to undefeated Norfolk Academy. But I wanted to give him a shout-out. I've already mentioned to you uh, the Medley kid who replaced Ethan Mentor at quarterback. And then the other guy I wanted to mention was Peyton Seelman at Hanover. He had 29 carries for 194 yards and two touchdowns, and on defense had 11 tackles and four tackles for loss as the Hawks beat county rival Atley uh, 21-7. So uh, pretty cool there. Also want to give a shout-out to Greg Lilly, the longtime coach of the Benedictine Cadets. Uh, He got his 100th win on Friday as Benedictine beat North Cross. So the 100-win milestone in his 15th year, uh, at Benedictine, so I wanted to give a shout-out to Coach Greg Lilly on that milestone. So last week we talked about who might be the best quarterback in, in high school football in Richmond right now, and we had a pretty good debate about that. And obviously, uh, you know, the teams at the top right now have the best quarterbacks, it seems like. What about running back? Who, who are the best RBs in Richmond? You know, it, it's it's interesting because the uh, the running back position is one that's hard to qualify because so many schools use more than one. 
Uh, Raphael Tucker, the running back at Dinwiddie, is one that I think is very good. Donovan Jefferson at Meadowbrook, one of the surprise teams, very good. Um, Erlante Winston at Hermitage uh, put up 176 yards and two touchdowns this past Friday in our game of the week. Uh, I'd have a hard time locking in on one. But Eric Bird, the running back at Highland Springs, who's only a sophomore, has really looked the part of a go-to running back so far. Uh, him, uh, Peyton Seelman at Hanover. Uh, and then, tell you what, there's a one-two punch at uh, at Huguenot, uh, a team, uh, one of the teams that's really emerged this year. And those two guys, uh, Michael Dabney Jr. And, and James Washington, have really put on a show. Michael Dabney had 231 yards and two touchdowns this past week in a win over Powhatan. So a lot of different guys uh, to look at at the running back position. It's not as clearly defined. But the one guy, I guess, if I had to pick one at this point, would be Rashad Lewis, the running back at L.C. Bird. He just seems to put up a buck fifty or 200 every game, and Bird is a team that loves to run the football. So um, a lot of candidates, but if you pin me against the wall, I'll say Rashad Lewis so far this year. Well, Gary, love having you on the show, and you are literally driving around Richmond Highway right now. Uh, so, so take me through your schedule for the rest of the day because you've got to get back to the studios for 6 p.m. Okay, so I'm getting ready to meet with the coach here, Thomas Dale, Kevin Tucker, and then on my way back across town, I'm going to stop at uh, at Elsie Bird, Manchester, and Midlothian and drop off player of the game plaques from earlier this season brought to you by Bunky Trinity Trophies. And then I'm going to head home, regroup for an hour or so, then head back to the station, do the walkthrough from 6 to 7. We love that. And, Gary, you did survive throughout the first three weeks of the Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool, selecting the Ravens, Bills, and the Chiefs. You've used most of the top dogs. Any idea who you're going with week four? You know, I haven't even looked at yet. And, you know, who you use is irrelevant compared to staying alive. Staying alive is really really what matters and so i have managed to do that as for who i might use this week i really haven't given it a lot of thought yet but uh, i'm taking a quick look and um yeah i'm just not sure probably we'll go ahead use up the 49ers if i had to guess yeah no it seems like a popular pick so far gary great stuff as always man appreciate it and one more time what's the name of the show and where can they check it out Thursday high school walkthrough, 6 to 7 this evening, 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM, Odyssey app, and, of course, at thefanrichmond.com, uh, listening online. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. We're excited. It's going to be a fast-moving hour, and uh, then we'll uh, have the game of the week tomorrow night starting at 630 on all those same destinations between Thomasdale and Dinwiddie. High school football is in full swing, baby. I love it. Thanks so much, Gary. I appreciate it. Be well. Take care. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, it's the Richmond Commander coming up next. Your phone calls, 833-804-0910. How in the world can the Commanders bounce back from a 34-point deficit and defeat the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday? That's coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Field, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Feels good to be back today, hosting my first show back here after I was out sick 
earlier this week. And, and I'll tell you, Stubb, I, I was so sick on Sunday that I was trying to gamble on the NFL, and I lost all my bets. I did not hit one bet. I can't believe I thought the Commanders could cover the spread against the Bills. So I need to bring in a sports gambling expert to help me make my picks for tonight and this weekend. And that's why joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's my buddy Nick Ashu. What's going on, Nick? Oh, I'm good, man. Uh, it sounds like something's going around because I know a lot of people that have been sick recently, so I'm glad you're feeling better, buddy. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm back in it today. And uh, why don't we start with uh, Taylor Swift and Travis oh, Kelsey. Um, I hate dude, you so much. I mean, come on now. We have to talk <laughs> about it. Here, the question is this. is Who's better at their job? That's the question. Oh, it's still got to be Taylor Swift. Come on up. Taylor Swift is the Michael Jordan of, of music right now, and Travis Kelsey may be the best tight end, but he's you know, nowhere near the biggest star still in the NFL. Now, this is crazy, man. Like, again, like, I, I understand the whole, like, it's Taylor Swift and everybody's going to get excited about it because whoever she dates, it's a huge deal. And, you know, it becomes a great song one day down the road that everybody loves. But, like, anybody that thinks that this is a real relationship is out of their mind. <laughs> like, this is, this is, a, this is a, like, a companionship of convenience right now for both of them. Travis Kelsey had his jersey sales go through the roof and, you know, all these Instagram followers and Taylor Swift's got an album coming out and, and everybody, I keep hearing this narrative too, where it's like, well, Taylor Swift doesn't need the NFL. Uh, yeah, she does. Cause she's crossing over into a whole other genre of people, a whole other demographic that isn't usually paying attention. At least a lot of people to her music and at least bare minimum, you know what they're doing? They're Googling her, maybe checking out some music. I guarantee you all this stuff helps. So for anybody to say, you know, Taylor Swift doesn't need any of this. She doesn't need the Super Bowl. How do you know she's not going to perform at the Super Bowl next year? How do you know that this doesn't help? In fact, I would guarantee you that next year, Taylor Swift is performing at the Super Bowl because she's going to be on <laughs> Sunday Night Football getting overly excited again, pretending that she's been dating Travis Kelsey for two years, and they're going to get her on camera and the, you know, in her box and sit next to Travis Kelsey's mom, and everybody's going to be like, there's Taylor Swift. Oh, look at her smile. You know, overly excited every time a play happens because she's got her people on the side saying, hey, you need to get excited as many times as possible. Camera's going to be on you. Get ready. Let's make sure we get this so it's all over the Internet. And then the NFL over the summer calls her people and like, hey, so we really appreciate all that you've done for the NFL. How would you like to perform at the Super Bowl? We have the biggest audience that any TV show in the history of this country ever has. So, yes, it actually benefits her tremendously, and it benefits Travis Kelsey. You know what? If they end up getting married, awesome. Do I think that it's going to be that? No, I don't. Because, my God, that little walk that they had after the – the game last week, walking down the hallway, it looked like they had just met for the first time. It looked like an arranged marriage, and it was super awkward. <laughs> here's, here's what I'll say. All right. Uh, I respect I respect the hell out of Taylor Swift. I, do, I don't think that she's the greater uh, at her job than, than Travis Kelsey. I, think, I don't think she's Aretha Franklin, Mariah Carey, Dolly Parton. Uh, she's great. Uh, she's not for me. I would take Katy Perry uh, well, every day well, let over me, her. Let me say First thing, let, let me say this. You're, you're yes. comparing to past artists, and I'm talking about current artists now. I just said Katy Perry. Not all the time. Well, yeah, Katie, listen, I like Katy Perry, but Taylor Swift. I'm not even really a Taylor Swift fan. Like, I respect the success she has. I recognize how great of a performance she puts on. For music, I don't seek it out. Like, if it's there, I'm like, eh, okay, but I don't seek it out. But, like, I couldn't put her over Katy Perry. I'm sorry. But I, I'm well, with you. I love Katy Perry. I'm with you. I love Katy Perry. But I'm just saying, 
I would not put Katy Perry over Taylor Swift. How the hell is this hat? How am I having this conversation with you right now? This is your fault. This is the because worst. you took God, you took her so over much. Travis Kelsey. When was the last time Taylor <laughs> Swift was tackled by a 350 pound man and still had to get into the end zone and fight forward for an extra yard? I'm on Team Kelsey well, all day. When, when was the last time Travis Kelsey got on stage and sang a hit song in front of 100,000 people? All right, you're sitting here talking about like they're training for these opposite careers. It's not even it's apples to oranges, you psycho. Hey, do we have, <laughs> Christopher, do we have the clip of Travis Kelsey when he said, you jabroni, all right, because that was better than any song that she's ever sang. All right, Travis Kelsey <laughs> is the man, and I'm never going to say that Taylor Swift is better at her job than Kelsey when he's catching touchdown passes and the number one pick in fantasy as a tight end. That's unbelievable. All right, let's get to, <laughs> let's get to the games uh, tonight. All right, Detroit at the Green Bay Packers. I have the Lions winning this game and covering the spread. What do you think? Yeah, I actually went the opposite way. I took the Packers' money line, but it's really close. Like, I wouldn't fault anybody for liking the Lions in this game, too. It really just depends on who's going to be have be more more healthy, right? Like, you got a lot of injuries. The left side of the line for the Packers is already out. That's a major, major problem. What I'm really concerned about, actually, for both teams, is the fact that neither quarterback's very good under pressure. In fact, let me rephrase that. They're both horrible under pressure. So that's, if, if you've got a banged-up offensive line on both sides of the football, I think you're going to be looking at more of a defensive battle. The big thing for me is the under in this. I actually I bet the under. I did take the Packers' money line, but that was also because I had a, had a nice little uh, profit boost, and you know there was a couple of bonuses that I used on it that made it a little more reasonable for me to take. But if I'm only going to bet one, whether it's side or total, I take the under in this game. And a lot of these short-week Thursday night games, too, tend to fall in the under category, too. Just because these guys are out of the routine, it is a short week. Teams are banged up already. So, it, I mean, it looks like we're going to have Christian Watson in, which is a big deal for the Packers because what Jordan Love has been able to do so far this season with a depleted offensive line and a, a, really a lot of his top weapons out, whether it's Aaron Jones or it's Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs has still been banged up since the beginning of the season. Like he's, I, It's really been impressive what we've seen from Jordan Love. So, to me, I like the Packers. I lean slightly Packers in this. But I definitely already bet the under, and I would tell people to, that that would be something I would be more comfortable in taking. Um, Dolphins at Bills. The over-under is sitting at 53-and-a-half. I would take the yeah. over even if it got up to 68-and-a-half. I mean, I, I, I seriously <laughs> think this looks like a game that's going to be 35-33 to 33 or something like that. Uh, what's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, listen, I know everybody's excited about what the Dolphins were able to do against a horrible Denver team, but, like, in reality, they're not going to put up 70 against this defense that you've got to deal with the Bills again. But, you know, the one thing that kind of concerns me a little bit about the Dolphins is, like, they're not that great defensively. I hear people say, you know, their defense isn't bad, but, you know, in reality, they're not good against the pass. This is a team that struggled. I think they're 21st against, uh, you know, against the pass right now and 23rd in total defense. Like, so, for Miami... It's really about outscoring teams right now. Now, it doesn't mean that that defense can't get better, but we know what their bread and butter is, right? In the NFL, if you can score, you can certainly beat anybody. But the Bills' offense is, it's changed from week one. You're watching a team that started to play hero ball early on against the Jets. It's like Josh Allen just thought, oh, well, it's Zach Wilson on the other side, so let's step on his throat. In reality, it was just big mistake after big mistake, going deep to you know, Stephon Diggs, and he's double-covered, and then you're throwing picks, and it's like, well, what are you doing? He started to do more of what, Patrick Mahomes did early in his career where teams were putting two high safeties deep down the field, taking away the deep shot. So he said, okay, I'm going to take what you're going to give me and I'm going to have the intermediate passes and I'm going to move the the ball up the field that way. And that's what we're starting to see from Josh Allen since week one. Now, granted, what he did to our commanders was just 
it was just awful. I mean, I try to forget what happened last week, but we're watching two teams that were against inferior teams, right? The commanders, I'm sorry. Look, I'm really happy with the, the progress we're making in Washington, man, but that offensive line is an absolute joke right now. I don't think the Bills' defense is going to look that good, but it is a good defense. So we're watching two teams in the Dolphins and Bills coming off massive, just huge dominant wins. It's not going to look the same in this one. I like the over, but I don't know if I take the over all the way to 68. It's Nick Ashew with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media at Nick Ashew. Check him out on the Odyssey app, the host of BetMGM Tonight, that you can also hear right here on 910 The Fan. All right, so we're doing an Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool in our office here in Richmond. 21 participants. Nine were eliminated this weekend because of the Jags and a few other upsets. Who is Nick Ashew's Mm -hmm. lock of the weekend? Well, listen, I mean, yeah, I would – if you're just talking straight-up win, straight-up money line, straight-up survivor, if you've got the 49ers available against the Cardinals, if you're looking to take one of the big teams, what I hate to do is like use the big, you know, big, great teams early in the year, and I'd rather take them against a really good matchup later in the season. So I actually go – I'm not going to say this is a lock because I don't, definitely don't want to say that. If I'm saving teams like the 49ers and maybe the Chiefs in the matchups that they have, I don't trust the Titans at all, man. I actually think the Bengals and the way that their defense look – Monday night against the Rams, and even on the road against the Titans, who cannot throw the football whatsoever with Ryan Tannehill uh, unless they're against a horrible defense. I actually think the Bengals went on the road at Tennessee. That's, the Bengals are two-and-a-half-point favorites now on the road, and, and quite frankly, I, I look at that and I just say, if Joe Burrow can have another week of just nursing that calf and feeling a little bit better and the offense can be capable, if the defense can look the way that it did against the Rams, the Bengals end up winning that game, and then you save some of your other matchups some of your other better teams for later in the season. So not a lock, but if you're looking to try to take a little bit more of a risk because you want to save teams like the 49ers, who you'd expect to have an easy win over the Cardinals, despite what they did against the Cowboys last week, I'd lean Bengals, actually. No, I, I like that, and I have the Bengals available for sure, and I do want to save the 49ers. What are your thoughts on taking a risk and going with – the Chargers against the Raiders. Look, this is a team here that offensively should have enough to get it done, uh, but I don't like the decision that their coach makes, either with timeouts that he calls here or when he goes for it <laughs> on fourth down. I, I don't really know if I can trust him. You're saying the Chargers you don't trust, or you're saying the Raiders you don't trust? I don't trust the Chargers, but I, I'm leaning them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably where I would go, too. I don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo's situation is going to be. It sounds like they expect him to play. But if you got Brian Hoyer out there, I mean, the Chargers can just uh, – the Chargers, we know how bad their defense is, right? Like, it's, it's, it's been a disaster. But to, it, it's not to the level of where Miami is either, and, you know, 23rd in total defense, 21st in points allowed and all that stuff. But what you do have with the Chargers, at least, is you do have weapons that are out there, even with Mike Williams now done for the season. Uh, I, Justin Herbert, just like to me, if I'm in doubt, I look at the quarterback matchup. And this is the NFL, right? And the quarterback is always going to – whoever has the advantage of quarterback tends to have the advantage in a game, even when there's a really good defense on the other side of the field. So, yeah, I would lean – certainly lean Chargers there too. And, like, the Raiders are still on the cusp right now. I actually bet them before the season. I may have said it to you on your show, but I, I bet them as a team to have the worst record in the NFL. There was a good price, so it was more about the value than anything else. But if things start to unravel with the Raiders, I just don't think Josh McDaniels is a good coach. So – on top of that, what if they decide to start selling this team off? Like, they're kind of in that spot right now. They go one and three. You're starting to look around going, is Devontae Adams going to ask out? Like, what's going to go on with Jimmy Garoppolo? Could he be hurt week by week? So, a lot of questions with the Raiders. I know the Chargers have their own issues. But, you know, out of those two teams, yeah, I would, I would definitely lean Chargers. It's kind of surprising they're five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Raiders right now. But, yeah, I'd go Chargers. Nick, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. 
Anytime, buddy. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And so I'll tell you this. Stub, we, we lead the league, all right? We lead the league in radio shows around the country that talks about cheese. We are a very pro-cheese show. Anytime there's a new article that comes out about cheese, uh, we have to jump on it. If there's a new flavor of cheese at a restaurant, I've got to try it. We are very pro-cheese. But we are also very pro-Harry Potter. I don't care about the haters. I do not care about anyone that does not like Harry Potter, the book, the author, or anything about that series. Because to me, it was the greatest television, or excuse me, movie and book series of all time. Because it was the middle of my childhood. In the 90s and the early 2000s, reading the Harry Potter books, then going out to see the movies, I thought it was fantastic. I love Hermione Granger. I mean, my goodness, that was my woman crush for a long time. Uh, Everything about the movie I just think is awesome. I rewatch it probably once a year. And that's the lead story today with some sad news here on Netflix. Netflix. The best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. Sad to say that the actor Michael Gambon, best known for playing Albus Dumbledore in Harry Potter, has died at the age of 82 following a bout with pneumonia. A statement was issued on behalf of his family this morning, saying, quote, we are devastated to announce the loss of Sir Michael Gambon. Uh, The statement was issued by his publicist. He was a beloved husband and father. Michael died peacefully in hospital with his wife, Anne, and son, Fergus, at his bedside following this fight with pneumonia at the age of 82. And so I wanted to honor the great Albus Dumbledore, the greatest wizard in the history of wizardry, here with this uh, little piece of audio that our producer Christopher has put together. Ah, Let's roll the clip. I thought we might hit this little snag. You seem to be laboring under the delusion that I'm going to... What was the phrase? Come quietly. Well, I can tell you this. I have no intention of going to Azkaban. Sir. In order to gain passage, payment must be made. Payment intended to weaken any intruder. You should have let me, sir. Oh, no, Harry. Your blood's much more precious than mine. It just sucks, man. It sucks so much. I, I, I loved him so much. He was Dumbledore was my favorite character. Stub it was my favorite character. Yeah, you're you're a, you're a Dumbledore fan, number yeah. one. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'd go Hagrid too, but I, I don't know. Did did Harry Potter mean as as much to you growing up as as it did to me? Um, growing up, it was it was definitely there. Uh, yeah. I, I would not call myself a fan anymore. Really? Yeah, it's 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 lost it, and uh, you know, not a fan of J.K. So, well, the the new movies have you know not been great in, in my mind, oh, but those uh, were, those were uh, I, I can still watch the original Harry Potters and and always smile and, and laugh and so many great characters. But man, Dumbledore was the goat. Dumbledore was the gro- the goat. So R.I.P. to Michael Gambon. What did you want to bring up on uh, Netflix today? I mean, definitely just, like, the writer strike being over is great. Like, it's really good. They got a fantastic deal from the studios, the writers. Yeah. Like, great AI protection. That's the big thing. 
That is the big thing. I mean, my, do you have it in front of you right now? Because I was reading into it, and I, I couldn't believe that they had to put this, like all these little things in it, because I, you would have thought that it was like obvious. Here, so here's some of the regulations I pulled up here. All right, AI can't rewrite or write literary material. An AI-generated material will not be considered source material. A writer can choose to use AI when writing services. It can't be required. Studios must disclose, uh, disclose to the writer if any material has been made by AI. And the WGA reserves the right to assert that exploitations of writers' material to train AI is prohibited by the agreement or other law. Uh, I hate AI. I've said this before. I want to be the first human to kill AI. I want to be the first. Call me a robot, all right? I want to take down a robot. Boom, 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 boom. You try to come for my job, I'm coming for your soul. And robots have already tried to come for the job of DJs in this country. There are several stations. I'm not going to out them, but they're playing robots. Oh, today it is 85 degrees and sunny, and here are the top three stories. Robots do not feel Pain. Robots do not feel empathy. They don't know how to live. They don't know how to be human beings. And so because of that, I have started a war against all robots. I want to be known as a robot, the first human to kill AI. I, I had no <laughs> idea that stations were doing that. That's horrible. <laughs> it's so bad, man. So bad. Yeah. But so, but like, shout out to them. And the actors will be meeting on Monday. Okay. And it, it seems like the, the studios are just like giving up, which okay. is great. Like the, they, they're getting what they need. And so... Uh, we can start expecting things to happen again. <laughs> new well, I, new announcements and promotions. Here's one thing I did want to say on Netflix is I was very excited yesterday for the season premiere of season 45 of Survivor. You should know, Stubb, I am a Survivor mark. I have declared that I would like to be on season 50. Over the next three years, I will be training to get my body ready for 38 days in Fiji or whatever the hell island uh, they send us to. But I love Survivor. But season 45, wow, it started so bad. And I think it's because of the writer's strike that they did not uh, do a good enough job of figuring out the right people to join. Because here's how the show works. And it's the same thing with The Bachelor and all these other reality shows, The Challenge and everything. It's not about uh, the show. It's about the characters. It's about the people that they choose to be in this show they picked a bunch of whiny babies, a bunch of quitters, a bunch of crybabies that should not have been on the show. I'm so disappointed with the season 45 premiere that I personally might take a few weeks off from Survivor. I will not be watching it live. I can catch the replay and, and, and watch it on On Demand on Thursday. But my goodness, I was so upset. And I think it's because of the writer's strike that the producers on Survivor took it easy and they just chose whoever and they're doing 90-minute episodes and they're not cutting out the fluff. And so it was a bunch of fluff and nuff. And I and I had enough of it, Chris. And I hated it. I hated it yesterday. I'm so sad to hear that. I'm a, I'm a Survivor fan myself. I, okay. you know, I, I'd love to be on the show too. Um, but I, I haven't checked out the newest episode. Uh, oh. my, I heard that there's a there's a tech player this season. What do you mean or a maybe tech player? Like a, a, a Hokies player. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, or, I didn't maybe, hear about that. Maybe he's on uh, Amazing Race instead. Oh, but maybe. my roommate was telling me about this because he like had classes with him. Really? He said like he saw like on Instagram that he was promoting that he was going to be on one of these shows. Well, well, now that I just found out that you're a Survivor fan, you just jumped up to the top of my uh, rankings here for producers at Odyssey Richmond. So I need you to watch this season so that we can break yeah, it down absolutely. each week. Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll but catch up. I will say, don't, don't have too many high hopes for episode one. Okay. It was garbage. 
My yeah. goodness. And I, know I wish I had the, an hour and a half back. They started The Amazing Race 2, and I'm that's my number one show. That is your number one? That's my number one. For, like, oh. reality, I all right, love so then, The Amazing Race. All right, so then what's a detour? <laughs> Choice between two frozen tasks, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to watch The Amazing Race with my mom growing up, but I... I never. I stopped watching when I went to college. It was like when my mom and I. We used to watch Survivor and then Amazing Race back to back. And then when I went to college, I stuck with Survivor and I said Amazing Race. I'm out. Um, one thing I wanted to get to here real quick on Netflix. So I watched a really cool movie while I was homesick. All right. It is called A Million Miles Away. Have you heard of this movie, Stub? I have not heard of this movie, which is rare right. for me. It is brand new. It just came out. Amazon Prime. They're promoting the crap out of it. It's Michael Pena, one of the most underrated actors. Love Michael Pena. I mean, I can't tell you a movie he's been in that I didn't think was awesome. All right? And, and I'll go through the list in a second here. But let me just tell you, all right? A Million Miles Away is the story of Jose Hernandez, who was born in Mexico and worked the fields in America and worked his way up, became an engineer, and then was a member of the space shuttle mission STS-120. And it is an incredible, inspirational story about the first Mexican-American to get to space. Um, it, it is awesome. It is it is such a great story. The plot is incredible. The acting is great. It's a true story. And, and, and like I said, Michael Pena is in End of Watch. Terrific. He's in Chips. Eh, that's not that great. He was in Narcos. He was good in that. He was in Shooter. He was in Fury. He was in The Martian. He was in Ant-Man. And then they brought him back for Ant-Man and the Wasp, and they gave him a bigger role. He's. I love him as an actor. He is incredible in this role. It might be his best role he's ever played. A million miles away. I, I do my, my ratings out of, out of joggers, all right? Five out of five joggers. Wow. Five out of five joggers. Five. A million miles away. You can watch it for free on Amazon Prime. Trust me, you will love this inspirational story of the first Mexican-American to get to space. He trained. They show you all the details of what it takes to be an astronaut. I, I, there, you couldn't pay me billions of dollars to be an astronaut. No thank you. But it is inspirational to watch him train and then get to the top. Wow. I, I'll check it out. I'll put it on my list. That Yeah. Definitely put it on their list. Anything else you wanted to mention on Netflix today, dude? I mean, uh, we keep talking about Taylor Swift and and her her concerts coming to theaters, and it is selling like crazy. It is they're having to open more screenings. You walk into any Regal, and where they'd have like normally four different posters, it's just Taylor Swift four times. Really? Is that was that? You know what? Is that how I should pick up chicks this weekend? Should I just go to movie land and just start buying girls tickets to the movie and say, hey, hey, I got your free popcorn here and a free Taylor Swift movie. All it takes is a date with AWOD. It's not the worst idea. <laughs> I mean, because it feels like you're going to have, you know, women between the ages of you know 21 and 45 all going to see the Taylor Swift movie. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a fan, though, you're going to then have to go and sit there for three hours and watch this concert of well, what I'm assuming is like a full theater of people scream singing along. Yeah, well, if I do it right, I'll be doing the uh, popcorn uh, hand in the popcorn bucket trick anyway. So that's all good. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.